0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: Welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Pete Sampson joined by Tim Priester and Tim O'Malley. We've got a full crew today. We're going to talk to recruiting. Notre Dame's picked up five commitments since our last podcast. Spring football has turned on, and uh, we'll start with segment one, actual sports happening now uh, with a focus on Notre Dame men's basketball. Onto the Sweet 16 again. Second straight year. Um, Mike Bray, 5-1 and one in the last two years in the NCAA tournament, which is a huge change from the previous decade when he was 3-6. So, you know, I O'Malley and I were talking about this the other day, Tim, that why is Notre Dame better in the term? Of course, they have better players. I mean, that's a big part of it. But you were around the team and sort of saw the dynamics in Brooklyn. Does this surprise you a whole lot? Is it uh, they got a fortunate draw with West Virginia knocking, getting knocked out by Stephen F. Austin, who turned out to actually be very good? What I mean, what vibe did you take away from being around Notre Dame in Brooklyn?
2: Well, the, the term thrown around, culture. You know, and, and they have developed a bit of a postseason culture here with five wins in two years, and they absolutely needed to get to the Sweet Sixteen to validate last year, to build upon last year, and you know, a, a tip by Rex Fluger who hadn't scored in thirty-nine minutes and fifty-eight and a half seconds is a little bit, uh, a little bit fortunate. In fact, I don't know he hadn't scored for a couple games, yeah. uh, So you know, but that's 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 part of March Madness. But yeah, I mean, I think that there's a. Uh, there's a deep down belief that they can do this no matter what the circumstances they're trailing by five and it looked pretty grim with a minute and a half to go. And, and you know, your, your best player, your most talented player, Demetrius Jackson, uh, scored the next, he had two free throws yep. and scored the next bu- bucket, forced one at the end to try to win the game. But yeah, I, I, you know, I think that they validated that, that they are now a legitimate postseason team and, and, it wasn't easy. I mean, it absolutely wasn't easy. The Michigan team, not a very good team, but certainly one that overwhelms you with the size of their guards. And then Stephen F. Austin, their half-court trap. You know, we talked a lot about their full-court press. What they did against Notre Dame was they waited. They allow you to get across half-court and then trap and, and really use up most of the 30-second clock. So it was difficult. They fought through it. And, you know, this is a team that believes – that they're capable of continuing on and and um you know many of these players were significant contributors contributors last year to the cause
0: i think last year the minimum
2: was sweet 16
0: they were one of the five best teams in the country last year and this year the goal was sweet 16 to validate it like you said so that that's why it's great they did it they, they didn't necessarily overachieve but it's hard to get there seven teams back to back that's it there's seven teams in the sweet 16 that have made two years in a row only three of them, and Notre names one of them, can make consecutive elite eights. That would be remarkable. That, that would be really, remar- really that would be impressive. I mean, it's a, we're already at the gravy stage, yes. right? Yeah, you need to get to it, though. You know why they had to get there? They just hadn't like, at all the, the way I'd look year. at it oh, is, yeah. yeah, the NCAA
1: really tournament wins, the over-under was one and a half. Right. That's so, sort of how I'd look at yeah, it. Yeah, and they got it. You know, it's like, a, it's not this overwhelming runaway success, but you're... You you won that if back. You, could, you if won you that back.
2: Back to back Elite Eights, to use a, a, a Mike Bray term, that's pretty powerful. It was, was two and a half last year, I bet. If you look yeah. at it, it was two and a half last year, you think they gotta be able to beat well, it was supposed to be Kansas, but
0: they got to be able to win three with that great team, and this yeah. is a good team. You know, and before people say Stephen F. Austin, that's a good basketball team, and you know why? 1.5 point spread from Vegas. They know a little bit about basketball. Absolutely, and Stephen <laughs> F. Austin is
2: Butler. I mean, yeah. that's how difficult of a, ma- a matchup that is. You don't want to have to play Butler. Virginia did a great job of getting through them, and yeah. Stephen F. Austin, it, you can say what you want, but in that setting, in that tournament, at that time, that was an extremely difficult out.
1: Yeah, and so Notre Dame moves on to play Wisconsin, which had a just a ridiculous game against Xavier to advance. You know, and I think I, I look at Notre Dame, and I don't know if I see that much of a different team than the one that was a little bit all over the map down the stretch this year. Um, the Matt Farrell lineup change I thought was pretty interesting. I think on Friday night I was like, eh, "It's you're kind of like overthinking it, getting a little
2: too cute." On Sunday, I totally got it. So, if Friday was a build to Sunday, then I think it's a a really smart move by Mike Bray. It was a ball handler issue, and it was important against Michigan, maybe more important against SFA, but... And it would have been West Virginia, too. would have been huge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I thought it was interesting Mike Bray saying that, you know, he played Farrell a bunch in the second half of North Carolina. I know they seemed like throwaway minutes, Mm -hmm. but he was thinking at the time, I'm going to need him again in in, in the next phase of this, and... and, uh, you know, Farrell's the type of kid, he's a he's a Jersey kid, you know. I mean there isn't a whole lot that he fears. He turned the ball over a little bit, but he hit some big shots. He had a huge jump shot. I mean yeah. it was the one oh, of the I shots. Think, of the right, game five that was, five yeah. and uh, less than yeah. five and a half minutes ago in a game and it actually gave Notre Dame a two point lead, which was probably clock kill. That time. may have been their yeah, right yeah. at the clock. That may have been their last lead before Fluger's tip in. I'd have to go back and check that. So he did a great job. He's a, he's a fearless kind of kid. Pete, I understand what you're saying about a, a similar team, the difference is Instead of a six foot one star, you had a six foot five star in Jaron Grant that could that could take the ball in the bucket and bail you out a little bit more easily right. easily than than DJ can at times just because of the size difference.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm thinking more. It's like it's not a. The way they're playing now, as opposed to this March, you know, the the team that maybe right. was you know, spinning right. it a little bit and yeah. and, and Pat Conan, yeah, the, the consummate leader. But I, I think you know the VJB terms development. I think has been really really oh. impressive. I mean, you, when you watch
2: them in high school, are like, why can't this, this? Why couldn't this guy just put it all together? A lot and be of it is personality player. A lot of it is just personality, um, and he's not a he's not a. It, it's difficult for him to be demonstrative. Yeah. Both. Uh, emotionally and in his game but he's certainly learning how to do that at the right time. Yeah.
0: I think the mo- there's the two most important things for the first half of the Wisconsin game is that VJ Beecham hits one of his first two shots again to get going and keep that confidence against a good defense and that Steve Vestoria in the next game has a good half. One good half of basketball from Steve Astoria the way everybody else plays play the way they're playing. They will beat Wisconsin. Yeah, he's, you can't have nothing
2: from He's Steve. plateaued a, yeah. a little bit, although certainly his energy at the start of the yeah, second he's half not Michigan no, he, was I, huge.
0: Nothing's the wrong word for me to use for Vestory. He never gives nothing. He's got to be as good as he can be for one half. Against Wisconsin, yeah, he and,
2: has limitations. Yeah. So yeah. you're, so he is going to, he's going to veer into a non-productive phase throughout virtually well, like every we, game. Vesturi and Beecham have flipped at this point, right? You know, you in the beginning back of your story
1: was the reliable yeah. three-point shooter, do a little bit of everything. Now that's Beecham. So, and we haven't even
2: mentioned Zach August, who's right. just been absolutely <laughs> outstanding. Got mentioned with Bill Walton in yeah. a uh,
0: story by me yesterday. So that's a good thing. I don't know if you know yeah. about that. In the NCAA terms term, of if he, okay, he has eleven more field goal attempts. Oh, he, yeah, shoot, 70, 72.8% career. Bill Walton has the record, 68.6% wow. on 70 shots. That's the minimum. And 11 more shots and he qualifies. He will be the all-time yeah. Yeah. leader. So he hits 8 out of 11, right. which he does every game. By the way, his only miss. It was a good it miss. It was the Bit, Yeah, right. right, right, right. Miss of his life. Going back to Farrell, the most important thing, I think, from getting him involved is they do have eight guys now. Because Matt Ryan, you know, he was removed from these, wasn't big in these next, last two games. All the guy has to do is hit three threes this weekend, because now Matt Farrell's involved and and VJ right. Beacham is involved. He doesn't have to be. Right.
2: We need Matt Ryan to go off one day. They just yeah. need Matt Ryan to hit a couple shots. Come in the game. You're you're on the court for seven seconds and you hit a three. He yeah. has that capability. Yes. He yes. doesn't have to yes. play a whole lot to no. be as productive as they need him to be. Now in, in Wisconsin, I as I watched Xavier Wisconsin, I really was kind of pulling for Xavier because I thought Notre Dame. I no because Xavier is long and athletic, but they're frenetic, and I thought they did a poor job of staying in a one-three-one when it hurt them. Um, and I thought Notre Dame could do a better job of dictating tempo, maybe against them. Whereas you're playing Wisconsin; it's been in back-to-back Final Fours. Yeah. how many straight yeah. Sweet Sixteen? At least three. They- I mean,
0: they're 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 a top-level college basketball program in the last ten years. First of all, sixty was it? Seventeen straight NCAA tournaments. They're, they're right? number one. They're, I mean, yeah. that's the longest streak going.
2: No, it's they remarkable. Have, it's, they have some good players. Nigel Hayes is is in a, is in a real shooting funk, but the Caney kid, seventeen kid, straight, seventeen straight. Yeah, they make wow. their big thing on their website.
0: It's hmm. uh, their their magical run of seventeen straight. I mean, there's multiple Final Fours too. They were doing it back in 2000 with Final Fours. It was the worst Final Four ever, but yeah. they are in there.
2: It was. Well, the Caney kid is shooting well now yeah. and in the ethan yeah. hat the he's probably now. Yeah, yeah. He's very confident now yeah i will actually have two questions uh, in our basketball oh, okay.
1: segment uh, so jump into those port nd any idea if the recent success in the postseason for men's hoops has helped bring more resources from the administrations we all know about the joke that is the practice facility but wondering about support staff resources and if hoops also uses a training table it's time for Bray to get
2: maximum well, support. Bray is such a low maintenance guy. He isn't the kind to say, Hey, I need this and I need that. And I need more of this. They are about to move into a tremendous facility. Mm-hmm. Once, once the project around the stadium is complete, they're going to move into, why am I not Rals. thinking of Rolf's? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's going to be a tremendous facility for them. So that part is about to be solved, but training table, they absolutely have that. Um, but Bray's not the type to say, I need... I mean, you know, he's, he has the same assistants that have been with him, you know, throughout most of the time. Um, Rod Bolanis has been with him the entire time he's been in Notre Dame. He's a low-maintenance guy. He isn't the kind of person that says, we're lacking this and that. But they needed to get... I mean, it helps with recruits, no doubt. Since they made the Elite Eight, he's mentioned it a few times. Yeah, yeah well,
1: he should. Before... Yeah. Yeah. No, he didn't even. <laughs> right. you didn't have the stones to bring that up. Didn't, now, you know he got mentioned after the Iowa State game. No,
0: but I believe you'll see the measurements in the pit are the exact same as uh, Philadelphia <laughs> this weekend, Tim. So it's a ten foot. <laughs> they rim. are, but the pit it's is after the name. I got, it I got a, you, O'Malley. You got me right. If you have not seen
2: the the you know, and of course, most of the time they practice on the main arena, but they have to share it with the women, which who, is remarkable. By the way, they're pretty good. They're good too. No, pretty I'm not. I'm
0: saying that. That's why it's remarkable. It's remarkable that Notre Dame shares them.
2: Well, first for, of all, the pit majors. is not that is not a full length college basketball no. court. It's not; it's shorter. That is, if you haven't, folks, if you have not seen the a separate pra- practice field facility No Name works out in, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe that it's major college basketball. It's bad, yeah, because you'd probably believe
0: hey, this is the gym I go to. It is. It's where yeah. I used to just go walk in and play when I was fourteen, and yeah. it hasn't changed at all since then.
2: All right. We have a question from a crawl with the continuous scent of the men's basketball program this year. Is there a better one, two coaching punch in the country than Notre Dame has with Brian Kelly and Mike Bray?
1: That's a great question. Um, there's definitely at least one at Michigan state in Mark D'Antonio and Tom Izzo. After that, you know, you could make an argument for Kelly and Bray. Uh, I think I would put Shashevsky and Cutcliffe number two. Um, I think Cutcliffe is a great college football he really coach. Um, He's coach won K- the
0: same number of games the last four years. Of coach K
1: is Coach K has won more than a thousand games. Um, He's good at coaching. You know, so I, I think Kelly Bray could slot maybe three. I think Lon Kruger and Bob suits at Oklahoma would be interesting, um, but. Certainly a top five
2: combination.
0: Yeah, and I mean at least as as totally. we look
2: at the top twenty five in basketball this year, Wisconsin is such a state of flux. I mean it's not the same. Yeah. Doing a great job, but Bo Ryan's gone, and yeah. then they would lose a you know, yeah. coach. keep it's, moving it's on. It's so, I mean, question. I'd have to. I agree with you, Pete. I'd have to put those other guys. Out. I, I've, I, I mean, I said it a lot when there was some concern about whether Brian Kelly would leave. Now he's signed an extension. I I mean, Cutcliffe is is aging beyond sixty, but I think there was a time where David Cutcliffe would have been a a really yeah. good fit for Notre Dame, and he was at Notre Dame, and he had the heart issue when uh, when he was coordinator for Charlie Weiss. Duke's an odd
0: comparison. He's the greatest, one of the greatest coaches of all time, plus an underrated coach at a program that no one monitors. But I mean, I, I was looking at I was looking at think about it. I was looking at Duke's program, just kind of little. You know, because we don't have all summer to look at Duke football. Same amount of wins as Notre Dame in the last four years. That includes 2012. That's pretty good. And Strzeczewski won a national title last year for all the times that Bray beats him. Which, no matter what, man, that offsets a lot of wins.
2: Yeah, but won a national title. There's no doubt. Okay, that's that's enough basketball. I'm going to leave for uh, for Philadelphia tomorrow and uh, get a chance to see spring football, which we'll talk about in segment two. Welcome back to segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider. We're going to talk some spring football. And um, you guys have been around it. I'm going to get a chance to see it tomorrow morning for leaving town. I, uh, you know, wish I had the opportunity to be around it a little bit more. You guys are uh, hogging all the... Uh, You're covering something no cool it right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. There no, is. Is, yeah, No one believes you. No, sure. it, <laughs> no one believes it at all. It, it, it's, it's pretty cool because the basketball program is so user-friendly. And the football program... It's difficult for the media. Yeah. Uh, it should because, because of the volume of, of media. There's but, a lot uh, of reporters. So I know you guys met. You, okay. you, you, you talked to the quarterbacks. The dynamics at that position are becoming more interesting by the day. Uh, tell me about that and, and what, else, what I missed while I was um, in Brooklyn. Well, I mean, yeah, we talked to Kaiser and Zaire.
1: It's. It's two big personalities, and I'm quite curious to see how they're going to coexist this season. Um, maybe more so than I was when spring practice started. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, you talked to the guys about the early enrollees. I thought it was interesting that Denbrock, Zaire, and Kaiser all mentioned Kevin Stefferson first when asked a very open-ended name young receiver that's wow. caught your attention. I asked Denbrock about. The young DBs that, you know, he'd seen sort of flash in front of him. He started with studs still, then moved to Sean Crawford. Um, but, yeah, we we've only seen a half hour of practice and no pads. We'll get to see them again on Wednesday morning. Um, but, you know, when that comes around, you know, I want, I want to see more about how the safeties are rotating in and out. Because we haven't really had a chance to talk to any of them other than Tranquil and Redfield. And I'm curious how the offensive line is rotating around, because even though we got offensive assistance earlier in the week, we didn't get Harry Eastand. Uh, and I think among offensive linemen, Mike Puglucci is the only one that we've
0: talked to. And be, I would think that'll probably be the case for a while with Barks yeah. Hurt and also be the only guy to bring out. So, right
1: it's... Um, I, it's still a very developmental team right now. Um, I, I think the story about Notre Dame is still replacing all the guys that they lost more so than moving forward with new ones. I
0: think I'm going to put some effort in these half-hour looks. Once we get the full look at practice, it's a better time to look at the quarterbacks. Which is until April 9th, I believe. Yeah, it's back-loaded. This half-hour look, I think maybe don't do ourselves any favors right now watching the quarterbacks. would Maybe help out the readers and stuff we go around. kind of The safety is a good point. I think that first day, any rotation was incidental. Now we could probably get into a little bit of safety rotation. Um, who you know who's subbing in? We we probably wouldn't see a sub package in these half hour looks. But and I talked to uh, Max Redfield. Andrew Tranquil. Tranquil said he is completely back, which I believe because he hurt his knee two months earlier than last time, and he was almost completely back last yeah. spring, which was a medical miracle last time. Now it's more of well, Drew Tranquil can do it maybe one or two other people in the world. But, yeah, he said he's back 100%. Um, Obviously, they're not going to contact him too much. It doesn't make any sense
2: in the spring. I thought he looked like he was still favoring it when when the the first practice that we saw. um, I thought he looked like he was still favoring it a little bit.
0: And I thought the same look for Fulston, but I talked to Denson, Coach Denson yesterday. He thought he was back, too. Fulston
2: is a trimmed-down version of what we saw when the season started last year, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's that's a good idea. I think that will really benefit him. I kind of want to correct a... a a mistake on on two fronts you know when when remember when we were talking about leaders and captain material and we said McGlinchey on offense and kind of downplayed that he was a legitimate candidate to be a captain Tim you talked to coach Sanford and he shot that idea down yeah and
0: I didn't bring up Mike McGlinchey I was just talking about leadership from the quarterback room and he decided to use an example of I was actually talking about Winbush being a leader for his class because Deshaun Kaiser referenced that, and he right. said, "You know, you got to be more than a leader for your class. That's a great goal for Brandon right now." But there's guys like Mike McGlinchey that are just natural voices that ring out, and I, I mean, he just brought up Mike McGlinchey right. as a team leader, and we were talking about quarterbacks, so it's pretty clear they view Mike McGlinchey in that manner in the
2: on the offensive side of the ball. And we didn't talk about, you know, when we were talking about defensive leaders on a I think mean, clearly he is, but yeah. we never mentioned Drew tranquil and maybe because he's been hurt so much yeah. and you didn't know how much he was going to participate this spring but clearly he is one of the leaders on the defense on the entire team i think he's inspirational they all look up to him max
0: redfield talked about how much he respects him and i think the key for drew tranquil to lead is he will lead in the spring and the off season and then he's got to play 12 games and start and play well yeah. and then he's a great leader because and they in, need him
2: and, and keep in mind when he i mean he had a role right from the beginning as a freshman great in 2014 right yeah and so so not only is he emotionally he sets a standard in the weight room and what and what have you and bouncing back from injuries but he also understands the scheme too
1: yeah it's a, i'm curious to see if he's if he's played enough to be a captain uh or he's That's more tough, just like yeah. in a leadership like jared grace was a leader last year yeah. um you know but last year we were talking about this before we started recording jared grace was a great sixth man on the defense, as a, as, a, on the defense <laughs> yeah. as a leader and you look at Drew Tranquil and the conversation we're having is more like is he one of your two captains so I think it just
2: highlights the, the leadership void that needs to be filled over the last or the next four five I, six I, months I guess I, I bring I, and you're right that that was the conversation yeah. who are who's captain material yeah. I kind of look at the guys that are leaders being more important than who's actually designated captain. I mean, if you're designated captain, you're a leader, right? Yeah, but, but there's, a, there's other to be, right? Yeah. But you don't have to be a captain to be a leader. I think Tranquil clearly is one on this team. Yeah, I mean, you got, I think you got Rochelle, Anawalo, and maybe Tranquil's your third guy. Right. Um. So and it, Rochelle leads differently, right?
0: Yeah, it yeah just I could, leads Brian differently. Brian Kelly even mentioned I, that. He's growing into that role. I think we put him on that mantle right away yeah, because it was he's so well spoken and yeah. stuff like that. You but know? the play, but yeah. he's, re- he's played a lot. Yes, and
2: he's good. Yeah. And he's and who he is and what he does is respected right. by, by his teammates.
1: Yeah. It's just it's an interesting defense because there aren't a lot of guys that can command leadership because they're so good athletically, mm-hmm. the way that Day could or the way that Jalen could. And in some ways Joe Schmidt could before he got hurt. Right. Um, he was so productive. Norton doesn't really have those guys yeah. right now on the defensive side of the ball, so it's just it's a big developmental situation there. Um we do have some questions about football, as you might imagine. Uh first up, S U J B nine. What have you been hearing about spring practice and how they've been going? Any names being thrown around as having a very good early spring.
0: I mean, this is the least we've seen early. Clearly. It's yeah. it was back But I mean, talking to Sanford yesterday, he was he was pretty frank about the quarterback situation. He said Deshaun Kaiser had his best day yesterday was Monday. So Deshaun Kaiser had his best day and we as a result had our best day in that room and he referenced Saturday none of the quarterbacks were that good. So I think they I mean they're still working it out. Saturday was practice number 3 that's probably the first pad par, practice right in, in spring ball. So. You need 3 in the spring and 5 in August. I mean I think it's almost what we heard beforehand where Brian Kelly talked about, you know, we want Sam to be our center. Is that going to come to fruition? Will he obviously be the center? because that's what they, they are clearly setting it up where they want him to be the center. So they can kind of use Hodge in another way.
1: Yeah. It's, it, I mean, you watch the highlights that they put up where the practice were not, and you're really straining to pick up who's in there. I mean, but Mustapher is, is yeah. I, and every highlight I've seen Mustapher has been the first team center. And I'm saying that's like two highlights, but you know, e- it, somebody yeah. has to be taking those reps, and it appears that it's Sam Mustaver for now. Well, you had um, Niles
0: Morgan making two good plays on a highlight. you saw I it, did too. have
1: Niles Morgan making two good plays. Very athletic pass mm-hmm. breakups. Um, so, I mean, that's something. The ones that I saw yesterday, Alex Bars was working with the second team line at offensive tackle, and Khalid Kareem put him on his butt, um, which I thought was fairly impressive. Mm-hmm. Just from a, forget technique, just like the physical strength to be able to like move yeah. Alex Bars that way mm-hmm. is is impressive. Um, Stefferson shows up a lot. Chris Fink continues to show up. <laughs> well, yeah. um, His
0: name's always going to be in it. So I'm going to
1: continue to say Chris Fink for scholarship in 2017. You're um, going to be
0: like an 82 scholarships by the time the season yeah, starts. Give no, them one kill. now. So it's...
1: Uh, it, but we'll, we'll see a little bit more tomorrow, but again, we see the beginning of practices. We don't see the 11-11 highly competitive stuff at the end, so it's difficult to really I take, thought, read too I much. I thought
2: Trumbetti stood out last week when when we had that viewing. I mean, light on his feet, looked looked really quick. Again, you know he's going to be more comfortable in the rush-end spot as opposed to the big-end spot. Couldn't be more important for this team. Oh, absolutely, because there are no clear-cut pass rushers. There's no doubt about that. and. You know, I, are we talking twelve sacks? No. Are we talking six to eight? I, I still think that's possible. I'm not gonna make predictions like you did, O'Malley, but, uh, <laughs> so that, that but one here here removed, better position, looking yeah. better and obviously yeah. very key for and them.
1: Pass rush is a story that I wrote last week. Like they've It's interesting to hear Brian Kelly describe the pass rush solution in the exact same way that he did last year when it wasn't a solution at all. You know, they did not activate their linebackers at all. And do you know how many sacks Notre Dame's linebackers had in the months of October and November last year?
2: Just missed. Zero. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Here comes Joe Schmidt. Just
1: missed. I mean, you have Jalen Smith, one of the best athletes you've ever had in the
2: position. And, he only had one sack. Well, they didn't. He, was didn't, he wasn't utilized it, in, in it was that fashion. Strange, and I really actually. thought I really thought that he'd be utilized more in that. And, and then, they talked about that. Yeah,
1: and that's what I say when when you talk about the pass rush is going to have to come from everywhere. But Jalen Smith isn't one of those everywhere's. That, that that that's a little confusing to me. So we're not going we're not going to get a read on the pass rush based on a half hour of practice. No. We might see a little bit more on April 9th when we get the full practice yeah. on a Saturday and then spring game. The week following, and I think we have an open practice the day before that too. Um, That's
0: the most important. The most important open practice is that big Saturday one. Yeah, so see.
1: it's just like, uh, I, but I it just spring for us right now. It, it's it's more interesting. You can read more into who's running with whom on personnel. Who are the safeties? How do they rotate in? Who are the offensive linemen? Who's right tackle? Who's right guard? Sam Mustard really the center. So those are the kind of things I'll be watching.
2: C. John asks, we've, we've read some nice updates from you regarding Nordame's various receivers at the W, X, and Z positions. What makes a player more suited toward one of those three positions?
1: Uh, I talked to Mike Dendrack about this on Monday, and I mean, he said Torrey Hunter can play all three spots. He said he has the best hands on the team, most consistent player, their best receiver overall. Um, so it, it starts with just an understanding of the scheme. You have to be old enough to do it. He said, but he said Corey Holmes could do it as well. Um, He noted that Corey Holmes actually took a red shirt last year, which is I don't think something we talked about at all. Um, He and Brent both didn't play. Yeah, I mean we knew we knew Brent didn't play. I just like to work them together. (laughs) Also didn't play. Good point. so, it's, just, it's an understanding. I think you got to have the right body type. You can't be too big or too small. Like, C.J. Sanders is too small and probably... Outside that, of the Z, you're saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, to, to play all three positions. The, the question St. is St. Brown about, is, is too big. you right. got to have that nice, you know, middle build.
2: Just to, to a, a general understanding, the Z position is usually a smaller, you know, slot guy that's going up against a yeah. linebacker or a safety. The, they like their Ws, which are aligned to the boundary side to be their, their taller... Uh, you know, Corey, Corey Robinson, Miles Boykin. You get one and then on their X is yeah. the Will Fuller, the guy that can, you know, run all over the field, uh, go deep on you, run crossing patterns. Um, so that's kind of a general uh, guideline for and, those.
0: And I think, the evolution, I think the evolution of all the positions with the Z, uh, you know, you look at C.J. Sanders, the small slot guy, a little theoretic, quick guys are great there. But also, if they're talented enough, a guy like CJ ProSice's body is great to have there at six feet two twenty because that well, not only the jet sweep, we know of him as a running back now, so he's mm-hmm, clearly right. a good jet sweep runner. You, but you get a guy that can block in that position and it's huge for a running game, but it's not a necessity. Like you're not gonna have a, a you're not gonna have CJ Sanders out of the W going one on one against somebody no. to the boundary. It's but you could get a big guy in that Z nowadays, especially. And I don't know how big Marty Gilliard was, but that's his best slot ever. I think he's in that five eleven, two hundred range. Yeah. But that's kind of the evolution of this offense. What can you put there? Because let's say they didn't have any wide receivers, could you put Alize Jones there? Sure. You know, you can't run the jet sweep with him, but you can get him. I mean, really, what's the difference yeah, between what detached. they
1: do? Like whether you, call, if you want to call Alize Jones a slot receiver, that's fine. Um, he's just a detached tight end. It's the,
2: he's the exact same thing. I, I want, and this is no surprise because he was a, a five star. Alize Jones is a star. He is about to become yeah, a star yeah, yes. in this program. Yeah, no questions.
0: That's that's
2: for sure. All right, well, that's it for segment two on Irish Illustrated Insider. We've got a
1: third segment covering all the recruiting news of the last 72 hours at this point five new commitments. We'll talk about where they fit into the program, just sort of the recruiting background. We have a couple of recruiting questions as well. So we'll get into all that in segment three.
0: Welcome back to segment three of Irish Illustrated Insider. It's a recruiting segment, timely. We were going to have it anyway, but uh, this works out pretty well, Pete, in light of uh, the events of the last couple of days.
1: Yeah, for the next 40 minutes, we're going to talk about recruiting. Yeah. Um, but I think we'll, we'll see if we can cut this down to ten. But Notre Dame has picked up five commitments since our last podcast. Four-star quarterback Avery Davis, four-star linebacker David Adams, three-star defensive tackle Kurt Heinisch, three-star linebacker Drew White, and four-star linebacker Pete Werner. Pretty much, it's just a, a straight junior day smash and grab there. Um, and this happens when you have good junior days with a lot of guys, you're going to get commitments out of them. You look back to the junior day they had in spring of 2012, where it was Corey Robinson, James Onawalu, um, you know, Richard Kinlaw was there. Uh, Will Fuller committed about a little later than that. One McGlinchey, of those names is not like the other. Yeah, Mike McGlinchy, <laughs> Colin McGovern committed. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was at that junior day. Um, whatever continued to, (laughs) yes, (laughs) football worked out for him. Um, so it's like when you have a really well organized, well run junior day, which Notre Dame did. And we talked about in our last podcast. I was more impressed with the geographic reach of the junior day than anything else. And I'm still more impressed with the geographic reach of this junior day than the commitments they got out of it because the guys they got to actually show up on campus, really, really impressed me. The guys that they got to commit, I think are good, but I don't think they necessarily surprise me. I thought I think the story of the Junior Day remains how
2: national it was in its scope, even though you know the commitments really make the headlines coming out of it. Uh, from a film analysis standpoint, I'm ecstatic with the five guys that they got. It. And I really I saw Avery Davis, we have previous film review on him and I think he's a winner. He has winning Qualities. His read option skills are outstanding. His release is 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 a little bit three quarter, and I think I think uh, at least for the time being, or when he comes in, and footwork too. I think accuracy issues are going to come into play, but he can play the position. He can handle Brian Kelly's offense, and I think he's outstanding. The guys that I I, I mean, I was I was blown away by the ability of. Werner, Adams, Kynsh, and White. I did not expect to see what I saw in film when I started studying these guys last night in in into the morning. I think Pete Werner, you know, he's listed, is he listed as an outside linebacker? I, yeah. I, I i i i that is your next Will. I, this is an explosive football player. He's light on his feet, free and easy moving laterally. I like everything about him. David Adams is a, you know, it's. Mike linebackers are, are, are pretty much guys that work in a confined space. Um, he but he has above average lateral movement. I think he's explosive. I think he's a faster, not as tall. Jared Grace, you know, yep. Jared Grace yeah, had limitations better. laterally. I I, I I really think this is a solid Mike linebacker. Kurt Heinisch is listed as a a, a three star. I am telling you that is a four star prospect at, at three technique. Uh, you know, and the, and the thing I, I want to say this about all four of those guys. They, they they all have outstanding motors. They they all come to play and they play hard. Outstanding motors, but I think Heinisch is explosive. um, You know, low pad level, quick off the snap. He's a natural three technique. And to me, Drew White is Drew Tranquil. Only the difference is in high school, White played. Linebacker, which is where Tranquil is the most effective right. for Notre Dame, and he was playing safety in high school. I was blown away by the ability here. I think these are great catches for Notre Dame.
1: I actually like Pete Werner. He's ranked 259 on scout, and David Adams is at 101. I, I like Pete Werner. It. Oh, better. I agree. I agree um, with you. I mean, Pete Werner is. He plays safety in high school. To me, he looks like a poor man's Harrison Smith coming out of high school in terms of how long how oh, he strong is he he really is violent in his how he hits people he closes very very fast and changes direction really well he he is a unnatural athlete for that size you don't like that kind of length usually doesn't move that well that's why i like him at will yeah i mean you could put him at will you could put him at sand play in space but man i like that guy a lot I think just overall, you look at where Notre Dame is in recruiting right now. They got nine guys. I think, like I said, none of these guys are surprise commitments to me. And I, I would compare it to if you're running for president, like if you're a Democrat, you have to win California. That doesn't mean you're going to win the race, but you can't not win California. Like that's is these are base guys for Notre Dame, Catholic schools, Midwest roots. You know, familiar with the program, got the tradition. You know, got the academics, all that. There's not a lot of off profile of
2: these five guys who committed, and, and that's fine. And they're real high level Catholic programs. I mean, those are yes. extremely successful Catholic programs, which I think is is very key as well. Yeah, right? I mean, Avery Davis is that that to me took the most work because Cedar
1: Hill, Texas, is yeah. a public school that just had that has college coaches who basically live there. Uh, I mean, this, Avery Davis as a 4-star running back, three 4-star receivers and their two-star linebacker, two 4-star linebackers on that defense. They open the season against Bishop Gorman. So this is this is a, <laughs> yeah, this is a national yeah. high school program. Yeah. It's not just a high school program that happens to be in
2: Texas. We know so. about St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, like so that, it's, you know. these kids are playing at a very high level in terms of the competition they're going against. All right, we have a question from uh, Tater's Dad One. I really liked Hendon Hooker. Can you comment on the upside of Davis that made him more of a priority than Hooker?
1: You know, it's I don't really know in terms in terms of Mike Sanford and when he looks at these two guys, what was the the tipping point for Davis over Hooker, but I think Davis Davis clearly is like a rocket when he takes off on the on the read option run. I think that probably has something to do. I think Hendon Hooker is, is good. Well, I mean, it's
2: kind of like Zaire and Kaiser, and Kaiser, yeah, right? Bit, I mean, yeah. in terms of the, the the physical makeup, I I like Davis better than Hooker. I think Hooker is really going to have to. He's got a long way to go in terms of release and and consistency he does, he he really doesn't know how to how to let up on a on a shorter throw he's kind of mm-hmm. when i watch him he's kind of confused as to you know what arm slot it should be i think he has a long way to go and he's going to have accuracy issues
1: yeah and our last question we've got from KMO 2111 in light of our recent commitments are we getting verbals from quality 3 star guys with huge upside with the ability to be coached into productive monsters, or are we just building depth that will
2: never see the field? I think there's only one three star in the, in the last four guy. Two two yeah. stars. Yeah, White, White and Heinisch. Well, I think you've already you, you
1: you've, you've mentally moved up Heinisch to four stars, yeah. but Drew White and Heinisch are three stars the, on a scout. The other seven are four stars. So it's yeah. I, overall, I don't, they're ahead of the game. Yeah,
2: I don't. You know, the film is what. Tells you what they are, not what they're actually listed at. And of course, yeah, star your, ratings you change. Senior film, yeah, yeah, they they you don't have, have senior like, your film yet. You don't have rankings. Star yet. ratings change. I, I don't. I, mean, I don't think that these are predominantly three star guys. I think these are predominantly four star guys. I know why Drew White is is listed lower because he's a little bit on the shorter side. And he basically and, all last okay, year So you know, he's listed six one. He's probably six foot or six foot and a half. Which is not ideal size for a linebacker, but again, it's how you use him. If you if Drew White is used the way Drew Tranquil is, well then he's an effective performer and it doesn't matter what the hell is Right. I also Sorry.
0: think it's part of like, you know, Warner can be for I think for both of you, Warner's a better prospect, even though he's rated lower than Adams. But if Adams is a three year starting middle linebacker, then great, knows the defense and it doesn't matter how versatile somebody else is if you're great at your position. When you're when you're looking at guys recruiting stars and potential you're better off if you can play multiple positions, so it's going to help you. But if you're a middle linebacker that is a very good middle linebacker, it's just as good as having a guy that can play
2: multiple positions. Right, and I think the reason Werner Werner's going to move up that right, 259 that's, that's is not going to is, last. Yeah, the reason yeah. he's at 259 now is that he's 210 pounds. When he's 230, yeah you're, going, right, yeah, you're going to see that. Well, he's an already already an outstanding high school linebacker.
1: Yeah, it's just a big picture. Right now, Notre Dame's nine commitments. Six of them are in the Scout 300. Last year, Notre Dame signed twenty-three guys. Eight of them were in the Scout three hundred. So, in terms of the quality that they're picking up per player, they're doing better now than they were last year. Um, again, I said, mentioned this earlier. Like, there's only so many Catholic kids from the Midwest who are great fits academically and like that are trending towards Notre Dame the moment the first letter gets in their mailbox. You got to branch out, but and to me, that's why the story of junior year was more about the other guys, the guys who haven't committed, coming from places that you know maybe aren't inclined to give Notre Dame a real strong, long look. They done a good job getting those guys to campus as well. So overall, I think in terms of just where they're ranked, I think they're fourth on Scout.com in the team rankings right now, which are not worth a whole lot in March, right? right. With signing days almost eleven months away, but. It's a good start to the class. Um, I think people probably still have some Robert Beale whiplash, and that's, I well, think, nice causes some of the concern. Not rightfully look, so,
2: because pass, rush, yeah, pass well, rush is, the, is king. Yeah. It is it is the most important uh, important thing in today's passing game. And difference makers. I mean, doesn't matter how. Well, you get d- twenty dif- sl- yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, defensive, Defensively. A, I'm,
0: a difference maker is so important at this yeah, point.
2: Yeah, these right. are not, I mean, these aren't skilled position right. athletes. Right. Skilled position athletes come next. Yeah,
1: yeah. so... As far as our next podcast, we'll be back on March 29th uh, following Sweet 16. Potentially the lead eight. Tim Priester will be out there. We won't have a whole lot of football access between now and then. We'll have access tomorrow to watch practice and talk to Brian Kelly afterwards. Um, so until, and they're off for a week. And then they're, they're off, off for a week. week. Yeah. For the Easter holiday, not a big uh, spring practice time around the <laughs> University of Notre Dame. So we'll, we'll be off as well and back on March 29th. Until then, to Priester, Tim O'Malley, I'm Pete Sampson. You've been listening to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com.